1: Thank you for standing by. Welcome to The Real Matters first quarter 2022 conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Lynn Borgard. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone.
2: Welcome to Real Matters' financial results conference call for the first quarter ended December 31st, 2021. With me today are Real Matters Chief Executive Officer Brian Lang and Chief Financial Officer Bill Herman. This morning, before market opened, we issued a news release announcing our Q1 results for the three months ended December 31st, 2021. The release, accompanying slides, as well as the financial statements and MDNA are posted in the Investor's section of our website at realmatters.com. During the call, we may make certain forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations of management with respect to our business and the industry in which we operate. However, there are a number of risks, uncertainties, and other factors that could cause results to differ materially from our expectations. Please see the slide entitled Caution Note regarding forward-looking information in the accompanying slide presentation for more details. You can also find additional information about these risks in the risk factors section of the company's annual information form for the year ended September 30, 2021, which is available on CR and in the investor relations section of our website. As a reminder, we refer to non-GAAP measures in our slide presentation, including net revenue, net revenue margins, adjusted EBITDA, and adjusted EBITDA margins non-GAAP measures are described in our MDMA for the three months end of December 31, 2021 where you will also find reconciliations to the nearest IFRS measures with that I'll now turn the call over to Brian
3: thank you Lynn good morning everyone and thank you for joining us on the call I will kick things off today by discussing some of the highlights of our first quarter and some of the key drivers behind our numbers Bill will then take a deeper dive into our segment financials, and I'll wrap up the call with some brief remarks prior to taking questions. Turning to slide three, we reported consolidated revenues of $107.8 million as strong growth in our U.S. appraisal and Canadian segments was offset by a decline in U.S. title. We grew share with our clients and delivered record first quarter net revenue in U.S. appraisal. Our U.S. title operations continued to perform well, delivering against our Tier 1 lender scorecard in the quarter and landing us atop our Tier 2 clients' scorecards. With plenty of movement in the 10-year Treasury yield, the U.S. mortgage rate environment was dynamic, with significantly higher rates presenting a market headwind for our business in the first quarter first quarter mortgage market volumes were also more in line with the seasonality we typically see in the October to December time frame with a slowdown in activity due to the holidays. That said, our first quarter U.S. appraisal mortgage origination revenues, which includes purchase and refinance, increased 13.9% year over year, compared to an estimated 1.5% decline in total origination market volumes. The increase in U.S. appraisal revenues was principally driven by the mix of volume serviced, net market share gains, and new client additions. In the quarter, we launched four new lenders in U.S. appraisal and one new channel with an existing top 100 client. U.S. appraisal purchase revenues were down 0.8% compared to an estimated market decline of 9.3%. It's worth noting that the purchase market in the prior year quarter was exceptionally robust. It was the highest first quarter purchase market volume we have seen since going public, making it a tough year-over-year comparable. U.S. appraisal refinance revenues were up 23.3%, compared to an estimated market increase of 10.8% in the addressable refinance market. Our market estimate includes a year-over-year decline in the use of GSE waivers, which helped increase the size of the addressable refinance market for appraisal and offset the 31.2% total market decline for refinance market activity. In our US title segment, first quarter centralized title revenues declined 60.6% year over year against an estimated market decline of 31.2%. Outside of market movements, we continue to focus on performance as the main driver of growth in our title business. We continue to perform at the top of our tier two lender scorecards. And as a direct result, we continue to win market share. In addition, we expect that our performance on the Tier 1 Lender Scorecard will set the stage for further market share growth and the expansion of channels with this lender. The performance equity we are building today will also help support the sales cycle with prospective clients. We we launched one new Top 100 Lender in title in the quarter, and subsequent to quarter end, we launched an additional Top 100 Client. We continue to move our pipeline forward and remain focused on bringing on new lenders throughout the the year. In our Canadian segment, first quarter revenues were up 13.2% year over year from increasing market share with certain Canadian clients and increased revenues from insurance inspection services. With that, I'll hand it over to Bill. Bill?
4: Thank you, Brian, and good morning, everyone. Turning to Slides 4 and 5 for a closer look at our financial results, U.S. appraisal segment revenues increased 14.1% year-over-year to $79.3 million due to the mix of volume serviced, net share gains with existing clients and new client additions, which were offset in part by lower estimated addressable market volumes. Transaction costs in our U.S. appraisal segment increased year-over-year, and net revenue increased 4.2% to 16.4 million, while net revenue margins declined 200 basis points to 20.6% compared to the same period last year. The decline in net revenue margins was due in part to the mix of mortgage origination volume service, which included complex properties with higher appraisal fees. That said, and as Brian mentioned earlier, we delivered record first quarter U.S. appraisal net revenue this quarter. Operating expenses in this segment increased 14.7% to $7.9 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2022 due to higher capacity levels in the quarter and the mix of volume serviced. Adjusted EBITDA in U.S. appraisal decreased modestly to $8.6 million from $8.8 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2021 and adjusted EBITDA margins contracted to 51.9% on lower net revenue margins and higher payroll costs due to higher capacity levels in the quarter and the mix of volume service. Turning to our U.S. title segment, revenues declined 59.4% year-over-year on lower estimated refinance volumes of 31.2%. Diversified revenues totaled 0.5 million, representing a decline of 1.9 million from the first quarter of fiscal 2021 as a result of rationalizing this service offering last year. Transaction costs in our U.S. title segment decreased 58.9%, while net revenue margins were strong at 66.4%. The modest contraction in net revenue margins against the same quarter last year was due to the flow of volumes between comparative quarters, partially offset by higher net revenue margins from the diversified title and other title revenues. Operating expenses in this segment decreased 4.8 million to 10.3 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2022 due to lower volumes serviced. Adjusted EBITDA was 0.4 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2022, down from the 11.6 million we posted in the same quarter last year. And adjusted EBITDA margins contracted to 4.1%, owing to the impact of lower volumes. As we've done in the past, we'll continue to manage operating expenses relative to volume service while ensuring that we make the right decisions to support our long-term objectives. In Canada, revenues increased 13.2% on a year-over-year basis to $12.2 million, while net revenue margins contracted by 180 basis points due to the mix of appraisal services supplied and appraiser onboarding. Canadian segment operating expenses were 0.7 million in the first quarter, up from 0.4 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2021. And adjusted EBITDA margins decreased to 57.7% from 73.7% in the same quarter last year due to an increase in operating expenses attributable to higher payroll and related costs, other expense and FX. Last year, we redeployed certain Canadian staff to service the title business. With the resumption of more normal operations in Canada following the removal of certain COVID restrictions, these employees have returned to the Canadian segment. In total, first quarter consolidated net revenue was 28.8 million compared to the 44 million reported in the first quarter of fiscal 2021 due to lower revenues in our US title segment. Consolidated net revenue margins were 26.7% in the first quarter of fiscal 2022 down from the 36.6% we posted in the first quarter of fiscal 2021, reflecting lower margins in our U.S. appraisal and Canadian segments and lower net revenue generated by our U.S. title segment. Consolidated adjusted EBITDA was $5.9 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2022, down from $17.4 million in the same quarter last year. And consolidated adjusted EBITDA margins decreased to 20.6%, due primarily to lower volume service in our U.S. title segment. Turning to the balance sheet, we ended the quarter with cash and cash equivalents of 73.3 million at December 31st, 2021. In the quarter, we directed 100% of the free cash flow we generated this quarter to share purchases under our NCIB, purchasing approximately 700,000 shares at a cost of 5.1 million. At the end of the quarter, we still have 3 million shares remaining under our current NCIB, and we intend to continue to be active in the NCIB, which we will balance with other strategic opportunities as they present themselves. With that, I'll turn the call back over to Brian. Brian?
3: Thanks, Bill. Overall, we're feeling good about the business as we continue to focus on operational performance managing scale, launching new customers, and driving market share growth. The long-term potential for our business has not changed and we remain confident that we will achieve our fiscal 2025 objectives. As Bill mentioned earlier, our view is that the current trading price of our shares is not reflective of the value of our business, which presents an opportunity to return value to shareholders through share purchases under our current NCIB. With that operator, we'd like to open it up for questions now.
1: As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Again, to ask a question, it's star then the number 1 on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster.
4: The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.
1: Our first question comes from the line of Daniel Chan of T B Securities. Your line is open.
5: Hi, good morning, guys. Brian, last quarter you talked about how some tier one customers were coming back into play. Just wondering how that pipeline has uh, progressed over the last quarter um, and whether you had some visibility on the timing of those uh, customers potentially coming on board to the platform.
3: It. So, so, Dan, I know that's specifically a title question. And so, I think one of the benefits uh, we continue to see is that our performance on appraisal with all of our tier ones continues to be incredibly robust, and we keep hitting the top of the scorecard with them. And as I've discussed in the past, we use that performance equity to drive our conversations on the title side. So uh, I think with the Tier 1 that we currently have on the title platform, performance uh, incredibly strong in the first quarter, so we will continue to work on driving that. And uh, I've mentioned the majority of Tier 1s right now are in conversations uh, around title. So we will continue to to play that off uh, with some market dynamics that are going on. Our team will continue to lean in, though, and and drive uh, for more Tier 1 coming onto the platform in the future.
5: Okay. Thanks. And then, Bill, um, what are your thoughts on uh, on the size of your operations on the title and clothing side uh, as we move through the rest of the year? Give me your view of how the market may shape up. Uh,
4: do you think you need to uh, uh, restructure that business at all? A great question, Dan. Um, I, when I think about the title business and OPEX in particular, I, I think, you know, we've said it, said before, and I'll say it again, that it, that it really is balancing that market dynamic against Uh, you know, costs in the business. But we also have to be mindful of what we expect, uh, you know, to present itself in the back half of the year. So I think we're going to be prudent managers of our opex spend uh, in in the coming quarters uh, in particular. And and then, again, we've always got to satisfy it with that long-term view of, uh, you know, what's coming next. So uh, super, uh, super hopeful that we've, we've got some additional volumes coming our way from channel expansion. Uh, with our current install base and title, uh, and that will help uh, help support the current spend level. And yeah, that's helpful.
5: And then, Brian, one last one for me. At your investor day, uh, you did present um, uh, data analytics play, and, and you did mention that you may acquire into that. Just wondering uh, how that stra- how you're thinking about that strategy, balancing the volatility in the market against declining valuations in the space. Whether acquiring into the space is still uh, in the playbook. Thank you.
3: Great. Thanks, Dan. I mean, long-term, Dan, as you mentioned, uh, data is a very important third leg uh, stool of the, of the, the strategy. So uh, we will continue to work on developing our strategic plan around data. That being said, as you mentioned, with the market dynamics as they are right now, uh, I don't foresee in the very near future us doing anything uh, from an acquisition standpoint from data, but we will continue to progress our strategy.
5: Great.
1: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Richard Che of National Bank Financial. Your line is now open.
5: Yes, uh, thank you. You know, Brian, you guys had some pretty uh, great numbers on the appraisal side, given the backdrop in the market here. Just wondering if you can kind of give us a a sense of the share gains and appraisals uh, with respect to your tier one lender clients. Sure. Morning, Richard.
3: Yes, yeah, so on, on appraisal, as you mentioned, uh, the performance continues to be incredibly strong, Richard. We actually, as of the new year, we had reviews with two of our tier ones, and we are, again, number one on both of those scorecards. So, as we've talked about, with performance and operational excellence, we, we continue to move market share. And so uh, we're seeing that come through with the performance that we've got in the business. So, you know, across the Tier 1s, we continue to be at the top of the scorecard and continue to move market share. And, and frankly, Richard, not just with, with those uh, lenders, but we also are seeing it across our Tier 2s and 3s.
5: Okay. And then maybe sort of, I guess, related to that question, you look at sort of your other Tier 1s that may not be sort of at their max in terms of allocations to real buyers. Like can you give us some context of how much is room is left there?
3: Yeah, so Richard, we talked to our, our biggest tier ones where we have significant market share, and they've made it incredibly clear to us that there was there is no ceiling with them. So we continue to drive towards that long term view of fifty uh, percent for the lenders that we talk about that are on the front of the train, so those that are that are in the high 30s, low 40s percent, and, uh, and of course, the ones that are at the back, we continue to see progression there as we try and move them to the high high 20s and into the 30s. So, frankly, we're seeing that entire train uh, move, Richard, uh, as we expect it to.
5: Okay. And just the last one for me, with respect to the waivers, yeah, as we're going through your, your filing here, and we're still sort of pointing to you know 2025 when we kind of see a meaningful impact of sort of those waivers coming off. Like has the environment changed at all? Obviously, you know if you look at the volumes and the market and the backdrop, you would think that we would actually see that sooner, but uh, maybe kind of give us a, a bit of color or update there. Sure. I mean, if we look back at least quarter
3: over quarter, uh, Richard, we see last year we were up in the in the 30 plus percent range. Uh, this year, our expectation is that we'll be down in the lower 20% range. So we're, we're definitely seeing the progress that we had uh, had, had looked for uh, with declines in, in the waiver rates. Uh, as we look out, Richard, I mean, unfortunately, it's difficult to comment on what's going to happen with the 10-year. Uh, over the next couple of quarters and, and other dynamics in the market, but our view again continues to be that long term that waiver rate will continue to to come down. You're going to get it no matter what. In our view, over the next few quarters, if refi, if refi continues to to come down, uh, rate refi, and we see cash out coming back up. If I reflect back to 2018, 80 uh, percent when we saw the rates moving up, 80 percent of the refinance volume with cash-out volume and with, you know, over $9.1 trillion of value in uh, homeowners' homes. And uh, from what we can see from, from uh, research, a fair bit of appetite for home renovations and those sorts of things, we, we have a feeling there will still be a pretty decent refi uh, market as we go forward. Uh, but, but, and, and therefore, that mix of the what's in the waivers we'll we'll definitely, I think, continue to drive that waiver rate down.
5: Okay, great. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Richard. Our next question comes from the line of Thanos Mosopoulos of BMO Capital Markets. Your line is now open.
6: Hi, good morning. Um, Brian, can you speak to, just given all the volatility in the market, is that having any impact on customer behavior in terms of how the lenders are thinking about how they allocate share, or with we'll respect to your title discussions, in terms of how they're thinking about bringing on um, a new supplier?
3: Yeah, so uh, Thanos, I was fortunate enough to spend some time um, last quarter with our our tier one in the title space, with the the leader of that group, and and what they shared with me is as they looked out over the year, within their customer base, they felt uh, they had forty percent of their customers that were still refinanceable, uh, up to 4%, so still a significant target within their own customer base. So as they were looking at capacity planning for the year, uh, frankly, they were looking at at keeping it quite steady. So I think the dynamic that we'll see play through the the sort of back part of this quarter, um, and usually launches with, with Super Bowl, where uh, where one of the bigger players in the market does a lot of advertising around Super Bowl, we then see a more aggressive advertising plan uh, generally across the board. So so we'll see how that plays through um, and therefore generally what type of volume that that that, along with, of course, the 10-year sort of plays through in the market. So that's I mean I think mean, generally we're seeing uh, our lenders be quite thoughtful about what they think the opportunity is this year. They still think there's a, there's a strong uh, market uh, for refi. They definitely will need to dig into their customer base in order to uh, to encourage some of those that, that refi activity. And you know Black Knight continues to put out a report that says somewhere around seven million um, North American homeowners uh, are in the. The, the the black to uh, to make a um uh, uh, to actually mortgage their homes to make a refinance so again we'll just have to see how that all flows through i think um thanos and for us as you know market share is really driven by performance so with our operations team and title continuing to move the needle uh, up on the scorecards uh, we expected that, that we will continue to win market share with our customers
6: great um, and then the FHA last fall ha- had talked about ramping up the use of desktop appraisals. Um, I guess, firstly, have you started to see that? And then, secondly, um, you know, has that resulted in any sort of uh, change um, in your business in, in terms of share or you know revenue for transaction or anything?
3: Yeah, thanks, Dennis. I mean, interestingly, we still don't have the um, the specifics. Around the desktop uh, announcement, so uh, unfortunately, you know, months after that announcement, we still don't sort of have the the, uh, the requirements around around what, what needs to be done around desktops. Um, that being said, right now, anyway, us the way we're looking at um, at some of those non um, usual. Uh, Appraisals is is frankly for us right now the the margin in that business is still very complementary to the margin in our business. We of course can do desktops if required, but we are not seeing uh, a, a real increase in that business right now. We're still seeing the um, the 1004s and the, and the work that we generally do as playing by far the, the vast majority of appraisal orders. Chris, thanks for that point.
5: Right, thanks, Dennis.
1: Our next question comes from Rob Yang of Canaccord Genuity. Your line is now open.
6: Uh, good morning. I just wanted to get more context around something you said earlier in the call. You said that you wanted to be mindful of um, uh, what you thought might present itself in the back half of the year around volumes. And so is that just uh, the, the, the market returning to normal seasonality and your expectations that things will get busy in the April time period? Or is there is it the channel expansion? Maybe we put some more context around that, if that was just a title comment
3: or just a general comment. Sure. Well, I mean, interesting you bring that up, Bob. I mean, that would impact both of our businesses. I think the, the original comment was a little bit more around title. But as you know, um, seasonality really starts kicking in around March, April. So on the appraisal side of the business, uh, we should see some some robust uh, growth there just because we, we, we assume that purchase will will be a, uh, a strong part of the program for Q3 and Q4. Um, I think that comment, when it was made earlier, was, was more around title and our view that uh, with market share, we, ex- we assume to continually gain market share with the performance that we're seeing uh, against the, the Tier 1 and Tier 2. Uh, but beyond that, we talked about uh, channel expansion, and so our view is that in Q3 and Q4, we should see some of that channel expansion uh, with both the tier one and the tier two that we launched last year. So I think that's, uh, that's more specifically what that comment would be ab- about uh, Rob.
6: Okay. And then I wanted to uh, just maybe in a very simple way, to understand better the, um, the, you said that there was um, share gain in title, but the title revenue decline is quite a bit higher than the estimated market decline that you gave. And so I'm trying to, put those two statements into context. How were you gaining share against, you know, the, the steeper decline relative to the market?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, our, our focus, as you know, Rob, has been on uh, freeing up capacity in our system to make sure that we are very focused on performing and driving operational excellence with the Tier 1 and Tier 2s that we have on the platform today. And so that that performance, we know, drives market share. We see the benefit uh, in market share growth with those customers. And so that's why we are focused in the second half of the year on continuing to grow market share with those customers and expand uh, expand our share with those customers. So sometimes that comes um, with some challenges with the Tier 3s and Tier 4s. But as you know, we are wholly focused on driving Tier 1 and Tier 2 uh, performance and market share.
6: Okay. And I guess the other thing that that – could be a driver, is the um, the emphasis of the Tier 3 and Tier 4 earlier in the year. Is that still something that's in place, or have you started to reengage with some of those customers yet? You emphasize to provide yeah, we, more capacity.
3: Yeah, we've been fortunate uh, there, Rob. We, we have had some winbacks, but, but as I say, I mean, the, the, the real focus long-term for the 2025 targets is to make sure that we we continue to move the Tier 1s and Tier 2s in the right direction. Okay. Okay, thanks for taking the question. I think Rob.
1: All... Again if you would like to ask a question please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from the line of Gavin Fairweather of Cormark your line is now open.
6: Okay good morning I thought we could start on on US title and, and focus on your tier one I think it's been three quarters that it's been live now and I think initially you'd said that you were targeting five to ten percent share uh, over the course of the first year, so maybe you can provide us with an update on on how you're tracking against that target, and and any thoughts on uh, you know where your your share with that client could move over there over the second year of going off.
3: Thanks, Gavin. Yeah, so we uh, I think we shared at the end of last year that we uh, we'd had a very good year with the tier one, and to your point, we talk about getting the five to ten percent in the first year. And after the first couple of quarters, we were very fortunate to uh, to have got ourselves into the double digits. So, we continue to focus on on ramping that share, Gavin. And we will continue to focus on on ramping that share. I think uh, one of the the unique opportunities there is beyond driving just the share with the business we have today is uh, is to expand uh, the channels with that customer. And as I say, I think we're we're very optimistic, um, barring market movements, etc. But, but we're very focused on on bringing that channel up live uh, in the second half of this year so that's really i think where we're going with uh, with tier ones continue to perform continue to win market share in the core business and then diversify into uh, into another channel
6: that's great and then just secondly for me in u.s appraisal the the net revenue margins have been kind of hovering just over 20 percent in recent quarters given kind of the shift in mix towards more complex jobs I guess I'm wondering if that's a good run rate for now. Do you see a, a pathway to maybe back towards the 23 or 24 percent level, you know, perhaps by passing on some of the, the increased costs that you're seeing onto the lenders?
3: It's a good question, Gavin. I'm going to ask Bill to, to take that question. Bill?
4: Sure. Thanks, Brian. And, and, and Great question, Gavin. I, I think the, uh, the in the short term, um, Gavin, I would say to you, there's still elevated levels of refinance activity, and, and so as a consequence, I think we're, we're, we're still sitting uh, firmly in the in the more complex camp uh, at least in the near term so uh, you know from a run rate perspective I would think somewhere in the neighborhood of, of what you saw in this in this first uh, first quarter of the year would probably be fair for at least the next couple um, but certainly longer term once the, the refinance market starts to uh, to uh, you know settle and uh, and cool down a bit then I, I, we fully expect uh, margin expansion easily up into the 23 twenty four percent which, which where we were uh, uh, pre-COVID and then secondarily I think we still got uh, as you know you know lots of room to expand into the 26 to 28 percent range by 2025.
6: Great that's it for me thank you.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Martin Toner of ATB Capital Market your line is now open.
7: Hi thanks guys for asking uh, for taking my question. So you've lost share in title for three quarters now. Can you guys talk a little bit about uh, the pace of um, increase at the tier one and when that um, those market share losses might turn around?
3: Yeah. So so Martin, I think um, when we take a look at the title business, we, we've uh, we've looked back, as you know, and uh, and communicated that we made some decisions around. Uh, our Tier 3, Tier 4 portfolio in order to open up the capacity to take on the Tier 1s and 2s. And, and so uh, our view is I think you should see that market share ramp start moving in the right direction in the second half of this year, uh, aligned with market share growth with our current customers, uh, as well as that channel expansion piece. Uh, and then layer on top of that, new customers, as we mentioned, we brought in um, sort of during the quarter and just subsequent to the quarter, we brought in two more top 100 customers. So, I think you'll start seeing that momentum uh, continue into um, into the second half, and you should see that market share start tracking in the in the in the positive um, in the positive trajectory.
7: That's great, thanks. Um, now, with some of the estimates out there for the refinance market, um, even with share gains, it might be tough to not lose more volume. what might that mean for EBITDA in title?
3: So I think that question is around, I believe anyways is around uh, how do we manage our costs our cost base Martin, uh, depending on the volumes in the market and so I think there's there's two ways we look at that. Uh, The first one is uh, we are very focused on on execution and operating the business appropriately. And so uh, with volumes, if if there is significant movement in volumes, then we manage OPEX uh, to that. But we have to balance that with the fact that uh, we we have aspirations out to 2025, which includes uh, bringing on new customers, expanding our, our share with the customers we have. And that, that performance that we've got with our Tier 1 and Tier 2, that, of course, uh, is, is paramount for us, that we continue to drive the types of results that we're seeing uh, on their scorecards. So I think that's the balance that we have, Martin, as we look forward. We look forward to some of the short-term headwinds that we're experiencing, and I think we, we've demonstrated in the past that we are quite agile in managing our OPEX around that, but we also need to ensure that we – we, uh, we we keep some opex capacity for our expected expansions in market and um, our market expansions as well as our new customers that we're, we're expecting in the second half of the year.
7: Great, thank you very much. If I can ask one more, in the MDNA, it references um, timing of orders as a reason for uh, lower margins in title. Um, is that, I mean, it, that sounds like uh, share games are kind of kicking in. Um, I believe you meant, you said the same thing last year at this time and it translated into uh, adding your first tier one. Um, can you give us uh, any more color on new customers?
3: Um, yeah, yeah, I can, Martin. So when we talk about flow, the reason we address that is because that is very relevant for our net revenue margin in title. So flow for us simply means that from the start of a title order, it takes us somewhere around 45 days until we see the revenue and there's some expenses that we need to take upfront. So when you see very strong um, margins, as you saw this past quarter, it often means that we are, uh, we are delivering more in that quarter. Therefore, we're realizing more revenue than we are necessarily spending on orders. And again, a chunk of that has to do with the 10-year Treasury, the the trajectory that we've seen on that moving up, and uh, potential impacts, headwind impacts from volume as we look forward. So that's really the dynamic that plays there. It's not relative to uh, just a particular launch of of one or another, um, but really the dynamics between how the market is moving uh, and therefore, how we are closing and opening orders within that particular quarter.
7: Got it. Okay. Thank you. That's uh, all for me. Great.
1: Thanks. There are no further questions coming in at this time. Please continue.
3: Okay. Well, thank you, operator. That that I think then wraps things up for today. Appreciate all of you joining the call, and uh, and please take care. Thank you.
1: This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.